Welcome to Heard at Heritage. Heard at Heritage features cutting-edge analysis and thought from leading experts in and across the conservative movement, as well as premier events and programming from the Heritage Foundation here in the heart of Washington, D.C., brought straight to you. Thank you for listening to this Heritage Foundation event. Every day, the Heritage Foundation holds important events with respected and influential leaders and policy experts on today's most important issues. Our events are part of our mission to formulate and promote conservative public policies based on the principles of free enterprise, limited government, individual freedom, traditional American values, and strong national defense. We hope you enjoy the program. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Lee Edwards. I'm a fellow here at the Heritage Foundation. It's a beautiful day in Washington. It's a little cold, a little cold, but a great day to be alive. Going to college is a big part of the American dream. And I know I was the first person in my family, either on my father's side or my mother's side, to go to college. However, I did not pile up a $100,000 or $200,000 debt because A, I had a scholarship, and B, because Duke University, where I went in the 1950s, a while ago, charged $1,000 total for tuition, $1,000. Well, I could have followed my father. Uh, Willard, after graduating from a Jesuit high school in Chicago, became a reporter for the City News Bureau of Chicago, which was a school for young reporters underwritten by the daily newspapers of Chicago. After four years of training at the City News Bureau, he was hired by the Chicago Tribune, began a 50-year career as an award-winning reporter and columnist in Chicago and Washington, and no one ever asked him if he had graduated and where he had graduated from college. Two different paths in the same family. Well, I realize that times have changed mightily since my Duke days, as college tuition has soared, graduates are saddled with crippling debt, and frankly, our higher education system is not what it used to be. What to do? What to do? High schoolers are told that they must go on to college if they want a quality job that will enable them to buy a house and a car or two, provide for their wife and children, and vacation in Florida or Colorado if they want to. Not so, declares our speaker, Nick Adams, in his provocative new book, Class Dismissed, Why College Isn't the Answer. He asks, what about the teenager who hates sitting in a classroom? What about the kid who has skills that can't be developed on a college campus? In Class Dismissed, Nick Adams explains how you can achieve the American dream without a college degree. Born and raised in Australia, and now a legal immigrant in America, Mr. Adams is a best-selling motivational author, a living example of what I call, and has been called many times, PMA, a positive mental attitude. He's appeared on every major TV and radio program, spoken in more than 30 states and several overseas nations, and is the founder and executive director of FLAG, the Foundation for Liberty, 
and American greatness. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in giving a warm Heritage Foundation welcome to Nick Adams. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what an honour, pleasure and privilege it is to be able to be here with you this afternoon at the world's premier think tank, the Heritage Foundation. I want to extend my very profound gratitude to Dr Edwards, who I recently had the terrific pleasure of spending some time on a cruise ship with. Uh, we were both on the National Review cruise where I was fortunate enough to be a speaker and uh, he and I hit it off and I'm very grateful for his invitation to be here with you today. Uh, it's actually five years since I was last on this podium having an opportunity to, to speak to wonderful people here and Mr Andrew Parks will remember that day well because he was up here on that podium with me. So it's, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, this time I come back with a wife in tow. Uh, my beautiful wife Sadie is here with me today and uh, she's a, a big reason why this book was able to be written and she's accompanying me on my book tour which so far has seen us visit Florida and uh, then New York, today Washington and, and um, in the next couple of days back up to the Big Apple. I also want to acknowledge my good friend Andrea Stamatakis, who is here representing Congressman Gus Bilarakis of Florida's 12th District. Uh, he's been a great friend, uh, originally from Long Island, now relocated to Washington, D.C. It would also be remiss of me not to mention my book team, uh, two members of which are also here, Mr. Keith Urban, a man who's got a brain the size of a small planet, uh, he's here, and and also Ritz, uh, who's been wonderful in setting up lots of different uh, various media engagements. I will be the first to concede that I am an unlikely messenger for this book, Class Dismissed, Why College Isn't the Answer. I went to college. More than just going to college, I did an undergraduate degree. More than just doing an undergraduate degree, I went and did a postgraduate degree. Uh, I was the valedictorian of my high school. Academia and college is something that uh, were non-starters for me. I mean, it was automatic that I was going to attend college and go down that particular path. I wanted to go to the same college that my father went to, the University of Sydney, which is kind of like the Harvard of Australia, if I can pump my chest just a little bit. And uh, I had a wonderful time at university. And while there, I learnt a lot about myself, who I was, what I liked, what I didn't like, the kind of people I wanted in my life, the kind of people I didn't want in my life. I had a really interesting time at university because while I was there at the age of 19, I ran for local government in Sydney. And I was elected one of the youngest ever councilmen in Sydney, Australia. And uh, in my second year of university, I was elected as the youngest deputy mayor in Australian history in Sydney, a record which still stands to this day. So I was somewhat distracted while I was at college, I think it's fair to say. Class Dismissed, Why College Isn't the Answer is a book that makes the case that college is not for everyone, that college is wonderful and indeed absolutely indispensable if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor. But my view is that there are far too many people at college today and that a lot of those people 
shouldn't be there, quite frankly. There are lots of other paths, lots of other opportunities for those people to pursue. More than that, I think that a lot of people are at university that shouldn't be at university because we've been sold this big, huge, mammoth, whopping, gigantic, gargantuan lie that unless you go to college, you are not going to be successful. If you don't go to college, you're not fulfilling your potential. You won't be able to achieve the American dream. There is nothing further from the truth. There is nothing more inaccurate or incorrect than that statement. And yet that is something that our culture has been completely and utterly convinced of. We've been sold this big, huge lie by elites in Ivy League schools primarily, these educational elites, part of the academic industrial complex, and they've sold us their product, which is four years of a college education. And they've told us that without this product, our life is not going to be as good. We're not going to be able to earn as much money. We're not going to be as fulfilled. We're not going to be as successful, which is rather ironic given that you and I stand here today in a country that I adopted in that you had the great fortune of being born in, the one that I consider to be the greatest in the world. And all of the most incredible and amazing and world-changing people that have influenced our life and continue to influence our life even today were born in America and they didn't go to college. And they were able to do extraordinary things. Things, like I say, have an influence on us and our lifestyle even today. Uh, Abraham Lincoln is a great example. Abraham Lincoln didn't go to elementary school, didn't go to middle school, didn't go to high school, didn't go to college. Everything he learned was self-taught. There are multiple examples, and in Class Dismissed, we go through and profile lots of Americans that had tremendous success in life, both financially and in other fashions, and they didn't go to college. So college is not a bad thing whatsoever. Let's be abundantly clear about that. But it's not for everyone. And in my view, we need more electricians and plumbers and machinists and carpenters and welders. And there are some really good reasons that we do not want our children going to college unless they are tailor-made for it. Number one, we want them to avoid the almost inevitable liberal indoctrination that awaits them on any college campus. Number two, we want them to avoid being saddled up to their eyeballs in debt. Student loan debt is now at an epidemic high, more than $1.3 trillion. Number three, we want to virtually guarantee them a job. How tragic it is when someone goes and does four years of a college education and then can't find work while saddled with that debt. And number four, and most attractive at all, at least to me, is the prospect that a, a, a huge amount of young Americans will one day go and be able to do the most American thing of all, start their own business, create wealth, employ people, achieve the American dream. If you go and learn a skill, if you go and learn a trade, 
You can go and apprentice in that trade, spend a couple of years learning how to, the, learning the ropes, spending some more time. And then if you so desire, you can say, right, I can do this myself. I'm going to go and start up my own business. I don't want to work for anyone. I want to work for myself. I want to employ people. And that right there is the American definition of boldness, of initiative, of independence, and of everything that we know and love about uh, this country. Now, look, not going to college when our entire culture tells us that it's a must is a brave move. It's a big move. And it's one that has all kinds of pressures. Mum and dad, brother and sister, friends, there are all kinds of different pressures when it comes to making a decision about whether or not you want to go to college. Some people want to follow in the footsteps of their parents or a particular parent or an uncle or an aunt or a grandfather. And then others still will come from an immigrant background. And while they may not, they may be the son or grandson of immigrants. And in immigrant communities, understandably, the idea is that each successive generation should be more successful than the last. And success has come to be defined about whether or not you wear a suit and tie and you went to college. And so often it's about being able to, the parents want their child to go to college or the grandparents want their grandchildren to go to college so they can ring up the village back home and say, Johnny's going to college. That's how successful we've been. Uh, and and really, they're not the kind of motives, I think, that serve people well. And what we need is some truth. What we need is some really emotionless analysis of each individual circumstance. Now, not everybody is the same. For some people, college is fantastic. But for others, there's a much better path that might be going out and getting a trade. That might be going and becoming an entrepreneur. Might be going and following your passion. Might be a musician. You might be a, a an actor. You might want to be a motivational speaker. Now, I'm not suggesting for one moment that people be reckless and say, I'm going to go and become a thespian and I, you know, I'm not going to worry about how to pay the bills. There should always be a plan B. But if you're prepared to work two or three jobs to fund your dream of becoming a thespian, then I don't think anybody should get in your way. And my message with this book is that this is the United States of America. More so than anywhere else, you can carve your own path. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. No one is going to stop you. No one is going to tell you that you can't do it. This is an optimistic culture. This is a helpful culture. This is a culture where people are rooting for your success. So here, more than anywhere else, you don't need to follow the crowd. You don't need to just go to college because that's what everybody's doing. You don't need to go to college to feel ashamed. This is the country with the least judgmentalism. I mean, if you sell shampoo in the United States of America, but you bring home $100 million a year, you're seen as a genius. You're seen as fantastic. You're seen as amazing. People want to know you. People want to hang out with you. Now, if you sell if you make $100 million a year in another country selling shampoo, people are probably going to think that you're not particularly intelligent. 
So it's an entirely different way of looking at it. To my mind, in a country where you're not going to be judged, at least not to the extent that you would be in other cultures, in a country where individualism is so prized and so loved, I think that it's it's a this is the place to do whatever is in your heart. This is a place to go out and uh, rather than get saddled in debt, spend that money in investing in your own business. Get a loan and start up your own business or go and pay to do an apprenticeship or go and pay to go and do your trade school education. In Class Dismissed, we offer 250 different vocational trainings that will give you the possibility to earn more than $75,000 a year. I've never met an electrician or a plumber short of a dollar. Never have. And in fact, when you get a plumber to come to your house because you've got a problem, they pretty much charge you whatever they want to charge you because they've got a monopoly on it because there's a shortage of those trades. I think our economy can support those trades. And um, I think that we need to see more of that in this country. Not to mention study after study, which we list in Class Dismissed, shows unequivocally that blue collar, that people in blue collar jobs are overwhelmingly more happy and more satisfied with their life than high powered lawyers or doctors. And just remove the stress factor there for a second. And then there's other things. You go to college. And my advice to anybody that wants to go to college is that's great, but make sure you go and research the faculty of where you're going to be studying, the professors, the teachers. I've got to tell you, I only did a couple of economics classes at university, but I was amazed to discover that my lecturers and my tutors and the professors in that faculty had never actually been in business. It was all theory. Now, I don't know about you, but if I want to find out about the economy, I'd prefer to go to the food truck on 6th Avenue and talk to the guy running that because he'll know exactly what's going on. He'll have his finger on the pulse. So there are lots of ways to learn. There's a lot to be said about wisdom. And wisdom doesn't come necessarily from a college education. Wisdom comes from experience. Wisdom comes from breaking the mold. Wisdom comes from being different. So my message in Class Dismissed is don't just follow the crowd. Do what is right for you. If college is right for you, if you're an A student, if school comes easy to you and you want to go and become a, a great uh, attorney or a life-saving surgeon, that's fantastic. But if you want to go to college and you're not really sure what you want to do and you know you might want to study, I don't know, land rights for gay indigenous whales, uh, that's probably not going to be the most effective or practical approach. Uh, you need to have something that's going to be useful to you in society. You need to have something that is, because when you're useful, you're going to have your pockets full of money. And the best advice I've ever received is be the best at what you do. If you're the best at what you do, you will always make money. You will always have a good life. And uh, that's really the message of, of Class Dismissed. I think it's an essential resource for every grandparent, 
every parent and anybody that is on the fence about whether or not to attend college. Now, this is a big issue. It's got economic repercussions. It's got social consequences. It's got cultural uh, consequences. If you have a look at the 2016 election, uh, a lot of that had to do with this argument that the elites have sold us on class. And there are a lot of people in America right now that feel disenfranchised, that feel like they haven't been looked after, those in blue-collar jobs in a lot of those Midwestern states. Uh, because, again, the argument, the lie that has been sold to us is if you do not go to college, then you are inferior. And it's just not true. If you can know a skill, be trained in a skill, and then go and start your own business, you'll have your pocket full of money and you'll be able to have a great family life. You don't need to be like a, a, a lawyer who at 11 o'clock at night takes their, home, takes their work home with them. It is, a, it is definitely a path that should be considered. I had lots of friends that went to college and it was painful to see them take six years to finish a three-year degree. And they only went because that was what their parents wanted them to do. That's what the societal pressure was. They wanted to go and do it because of what all their friends were doing. And that's just not, that's just not the right way to approach things. Just like anything else, college is not for everyone. There are people that are going to struggle with academia. And then there are other people where it comes easy to them. So my strong message is always believe in yourself, follow your passion, always have a plan B, but be aware that you do not need to go to college. There are lots and lots of different paths that will give you a fantastic life in the greatest country in the world. I know we have some questions, but I was just wondering also, perhaps, Nick, that you might give some other examples uh, of those Americans who have been successful. You've mentioned, of course, Abraham Lincoln. More recent examples, perhaps, or of those? Absolutely. Well, I think if you go and have a look at all of the technology giants that we have today, uh, whether it's Steve Jobs, uh, Bill Gates, uh, Time and time again throughout American history, the thing that seems to have counted the most has been grit and hustle and determination and recovering from failure. Uh, and that has appeared to be far more potent in determining success than attending college. Thomas Edison had a thousand cracks at the light bulb. Um, Walt Disney went bankrupt twice, almost three times. Same story with Henry Ford. Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken had his recipe for fried chicken rejected 1,009 times before he got a taker and was able to set up what we now go and, and eat regularly, a KFC. Uh, T.J. Barnum, the circus guy. What's the name, Sadie? P.J. P.J. Barnum. His first two circuses failed. And uh, it was his third go-round that got him 
the success that that he so craved. So I think the lesson of American history has been for a long time that being determined, being bold, an unshakable self-belief, an indomitable spirit are far more powerful than just going through the motions and doing what everybody else does. Please, go ahead. Are there any other questions? Yes, ma'am. If you could just say your name, that'd be great. Yes. Hi, my name is Karina Rollins. I work here at the Heritage Foundation. Um, Thank you so much for your comments. I was um, glad to hear you briefly mention an apprenticeship but I wish, or apprenticeships, I wish you had said more about it. Um, As you know, our president, President Trump, is a big promoter of apprenticeships. The Obama administration, uh, the labor secretary, Tom Perez, other people were interested in apprenticeships. More and more states across the country, Washington State, Colorado, are enacting laws to support apprenticeships to close the enormous skill gap that this greatest country in the world suffers from. I mean, we are far behind any other developed country. Um, Could you, and I was very happy to hear you mention that you have a list of vocational programs. Could you say more about that? And also you had emphasized the blue collar trades. Uh, Could you also talk more about apprenticeships? As you may know, um, there's a small so-called apprenticeship renaissance going on in the U.S., modeled largely after Swiss, uh, the Swiss model, um, where apprenticeships are not just for blue-collar jobs, but, you know, banking, IT, healthcare sector, and so on. Uh, if you could just talk more about that, what your vision is for how that could work in America. And I'm just curious, do they have apprenticeships in Australia? Yes. Well, let's uh, let's begin with that question. Uh, They certainly do. Uh, It is nowhere on the level of Germany, as an example. And in my research, I discovered that Germany really is the the king, uh, for want of a better expression, of the whole apprenticeship uh, world. In Germany, when you, uh, whatever, almost whatever path you want to do, whether it's going to work at the post office, go and work in the bank, there is a set one or two year, depending on what the profession is, uh, apprenticeship period where you learn everything that uh, that you need to learn. There is a huge gap here and, and uh, President Trump, I know that's been a big part of his agenda, that was a big part of his campaign and I'd, I think that apprenticeships are fantastic. Uh, everything that I've learned, it's like that famous saying, you know, you, 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 for a police officer, you don't know how to be a police officer until it's your first day on the job and you're a police officer. So often uh, it takes to be in that actual setting before you can um, really know back to front what your job is and what it entails and what what it requires you to be. Uh, there are apprenticeships in every single different field. And I wish I had my book here, but unfortunately we had a bit of a distribution issue. But makeup is an example. Uh, You know, we go through whether it's hairdressing, whether it's makeup. There are so many different opportunities here in the United States of America for young people to embrace, uh, particularly when it comes to programming and and IT uh, stuff. there is, there is absolutely no shortage of that. Unfortunately, the, one of the reasons why we listed so many in, our, in my book is that unfortunately most of those I didn't even know existed. 
So it's really a research thing. Um, and that's, that's one of the central messages of Class Dismissed is that you need to go and do your research. Don't just confine your research to colleges. Go and, and think about what you're good at. Think about what you like to do. Think about what your ideal job would be. And then go and find out uh, what other ways you can develop those skills because there's almost always a, a certification for something. Now, some of these things take a month. Some of them take six months. Some of them take a couple of years. But there is something there for everybody. And uh, I think that we would do well to uh, follow that model that uh, Germany in particular, obviously Switzerland as well, has because, um, you know, I, I, I think that everybody has a different destiny and in order to fulfill that destiny, they should be really thoroughly researched in what they want to do. Yes, Um, hi, you already know me, Nick, of course, but uh, for everybody else, uh, my name is Andreas. I work in the office of Congressman Gus Bilirakis. Um, I graduated from college relatively recently, and uh, my degree was in physics. But while I was in college, I experienced some of the leftist indoctrination that you discussed uh, earlier in your talk. Uh, you know, For example, I had to attend a course uh, for 20 hours uh, every year that uh, suggested that there is no biological difference between a man and a woman. You know, things like that. And some of it was, frankly, very anti-scientific. Um, and there is some danger to people being, you know, told a lot of these philosophies without the alternatives and without the other side. Um, do you believe that, you know, over the course of the next few years that there's a possibility that some of these colleges might self-correct? Because even for the students that actually, you know, are academically capable and do attend the colleges, if they're being subjected to a number of these ideas that are, frankly, false... Um, and then they go out to spread those, we still do face a danger even from them and you know, to them. Yeah, I, look, uh, Andrea, I wish I could tell you that I really think that uh, colleges are going to do a, a complete turn and they're going to once more be uh, more independent. But I don't see that happening. Now, I went to college knowing that it was going to be an extremely left-wing environment. Uh, but I found that being, I came from a very strong home where, and the other difference, of course, is that in Australia, unlike here in the United States, where young Americans seem to decide to choose a college on the other side of the country from where they live, um, I, we, we tend to favour convenience. And, and so I was lucky that the university I wanted to, to go to was just 20 minutes away. But um, so most people don't uh, don't have that. And, and I think it's a, it's a, I talk about this, there's a whole chapter about this in Class Dismissed. Colleges are very left everywhere. But the problem is pronounced here in the United States of America, because essentially, young Americans are naked when they go to college, and what I mean by that is, they they're far away from home. They are not going back every night to have dinner with mum and dad, dinner with the grandparents, to hear about what did you learn, what did you attend, who are your friends, because the idea here is 
that once you're 18, that's it. It's finished. You're your own person. You're an adult. You go out. You do whatever you, you want to do. And so uh, it's a big problem when you're so far away. No one is monitoring what you're doing. And there's no the only voice, the only opinion you hear is the same opinion. And so, of course, you know, I get these, I get these lovely uh, grandmothers and mothers that come to me after a speaking event with tears streaming down their face. They, they, they go and buy one of my books and they say, Nick, please, can you help me? Can you help us? You know, my, my, my grandson, he was such a patriot. And when he was at high school, he used to, he was the flag bearer for the assembly and he was so proud and his dad's a military man and, and, uh, you know, our whole family's patriotic. Now he comes back at Thanksgiving and he storms out. He tells us that we're racist. He tells us that we should be careful with the language that we use. And, and I'm at my wits end. I don't know what to do. He was such a good, young, patriotic, American loving boy. And now I don't even recognize him. And in that moment, I don't want to be indelicate. So obviously I comfort the grandmother and I'm, I'm sorry, and you know, I probably quote the Bible verse that says that you know, if you raise them right, they'll come back. But part of me really wants to say, what do you expect if you're in a culture where you're not going to be monitoring what your child or your grandchild is doing? If you're not going to be completely aware of what they're doing, and I understand that that that, that type of parenting is is antithetical to the American way in a lot of respects. And it's a two-edged sword. It's also the reason why America is the greatest country in the world. Uh, but if, if you're not going to be ringing up and finding out who your child, who your grandchild is friends with, speaking to, what they're learning, if you're not asking them about college, if you only go and if you're only talking to them once once a month and then you see them at Christmas, Easter and and uh, uh, July 4th, then you really can't expect anything else. So it is a, it is a, it's a problem worldwide. All colleges are left-wing. They're all indoctrination factories. They've all become left-wing seminaries. But a lot of that is offset when you ca- by strong households where essentially the parents monitor um, what is, what they're, Children are being taught. They're sitting down. They're eating with their so They say, "Well, what did you learn today?" Oh, well, you know, Dad. You know, today this professor was saying that that America is an awful place. That you know, it's never done anything good, and it's a source for evil in the world. Now, the father, right then and there, can end it. He can say, "Son, hey, who's your professor?" Don't listen to that. That's that's absolute nonsense. That's garbage. That's ridiculous. That's outrageous. Let me tell you what America's given the world, and it can be dealt with. But if that if that is not there, if that counterbalance is not there, and they then choose to go and talk to their other friend at college and say, "This is what the professor said," and the other friend says, "Yeah, well, that's true. That's what I believe," and then they go to their other friend. And their other friend says, yeah, I, I think America's pretty stinky as well. So all of a sudden, it's like an echo chamber. 
And all they're hearing is that one opinion. So I think it's a big problem. And it's exacerbated here in, in the United States by the fact that kids are going so far away from home, from college, by the fact that, that uh, freedom is, is valued, freedom and independence are valued at such a young age. Um, and unfortunately, all of that is a, is a recipe for these professors to just basically take a blank canvas and paint that canvas in any way that they want. So I think, and I really don't know how to. I don't really don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to correct that. That's that's a real that's a real challenge because all of it is cultural, and um, you know, we 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 particularly conservatives always make jokes about you know the the kid that lives in the basement. But the kid who lives in the basement is probably not going to be going around saying. You know, America's a bad place or being a social justice warrior either. So there's a couple of different ways of looking at it. Are there any other questions? Said it all? Okay. Well, thank you very much all for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. And although we don't have copies of the books, we do have these little flyers. Everybody wants to take a flyer and order the book later online, right? Yes, Amazon.com. Amazon.com, they're there. And the price is? Uh, I think it's $25. $25. But not on Amazon. On Amazon, it's $15. There you go. It's a bargain. There you go. Thanks so much, Jack. Pretty appreciate it.